Hey, Phil. Hey, Senda. You want to talk about our trip to GatorCon? Oh, you know I do. Welcome to Pandas Talking Games. I'm one of your hosts who traveled to Wisconsin uh, this past week, Phil. And I am your other host who also traveled to Wisconsin this past week, Senda. Hey, we did. We did that. So we we did did hint about this last week uh, when we did the grab bag, but now we're actually back. Right. Yes. So we, we went to GatorCon. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I, I don't think it's officially kind of. called GatorCon because people are going to be like Googling like, oh, like, I want to go to GatorCon. Gator right? This yeah. sounds cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, it, and it, no, it's not an official thing. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Yet. Yet. Uh, but what was it? Uh, so we flew out for Gator's 40th birthday and we had a big old game day. It was a surprise party. And I think that we surprised him very effectively. Hopefully. Yeah, we keep we keep saying Gator, but just in case um, people don't know, we're talking about Eric the Wear Gator, right? So Wear Gator yes. on Twitter, yes. Wear Gator, yeah, and 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 in the Slack room, um, yep, or absolutely. on the forums, and uh, yeah. So we flew out. His fantabulous uh, Nor had um, put together a whole big shindig for him, um, of which we were part. And uh, we basically got to go out and, and do a bunch of fun stuff and then spend 12 hours in a really freaking cool nerd bar that has a party room that we had all to ourselves to just hang out and do board games and RPGs and stuff for 12 hours while they were available to provide us with food and drinks and whatever our little hearts could desire. Yeah, the festivities actually kicked off the day before. So Friday, so Friday we sprung the surprise on Gator. Yeah, that was fun. And, uh, and he didn't and, have a shirt on at the time. Right. I <laughs> <laughs> was slightly embarrassing for Gator, but pretty funny. Um, so, a number of us from the Misdirected Mark community actually came out for this, right? So, you and I uh, were there. Uh, Schmitty, mm-hmm. PK Sullivan, mm-hmm. uh, Mike D, mm-hmm. and Pretzel, Mike and Pretzel. D's service dog. Who pretzel just, oh my God, what a good dog. Well, everybody keeps saying that, but I'm just going to keep reiterating the thing that I keep saying in response. Of course he's a good dog. He's 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 a working dog. If he wasn't oh. that good, he would have been a badly trained working dog. No, I'm just saying that like it was really impressive. I've never seen a, a working dog before and just like it was so impressive to see how well-behaved, and even in, like, we're going to talk about some of the places we went, everywhere he went, that dog was cool, as like, chill yeah, and cool. He was, he was very, he was, he's a, he's a good dog. He's a good dog. That's mm-hmm. just what I said. Um, yeah. Who else? Uh, who else? Oh, Eric Simon um, eventually showed up. Did we uh, say not P.K. Eric, Sullivan? I said P.K. Sullivan. Not Eric okay. Farmer, because Eric Simon and Eric Farmer are actually the same person um, <laughs> because they've never been seen in, uh, in the same room. Did you already no. say Schmitty? I did, did say I Schmitty. Did I lose track of everybody you that you said? You lost track because of I, everybody I said. I was really focused on pretzel there. 
Yeah. And then and then a whole bunch of other people came out because um like friend like like Gator's gaming friends from like a whole bunch of different places like came out. So like it was basically like everybody there had like some tie to Gator. It like diff- and some of these people were like like this person went to school with Gator when he was in elementary school and these people were from college and then like we're the new friends, right? Like yeah, we're the we're the we're the con friends. Like we're like the like his adult friends, right? Like but anyway, it was really fun. And like you said, we went to this fantastic this fantastic geek bar and I'm gonna take two it's seconds. Forty two forty two ale house. What a fantastic nerd bar. So this is um like you said, there was a party room. Yep. But they had they had a full selection of beer and ciders. Um, yeah, a really good selection. They had a great menu. Mm-hmm. Um, really, like they, they were all nerd the- nerd named, which I love on one hand, but it's always like a pain in the ass to order using like all the weird nerd names. But the food that the food itself was actually the food itself was actually very good. The and they had lots and lots of gluten free stuff. Like it was super duper. Oh easy. yeah. Yep. Which is not a thing for me, but it is for, like, some of the folks who were there. And it was yep. just, like, so didn't even have to think about it. The number of retro arcade games. Not, like, an arcade, but, like, they just had some retro arcade games yeah, like scattered about. Four. Yeah, um, Some nice tables, the bar. Anyway, it was, it was the place was a, fantastic. They had a game library. They, I mean, it, was, it was a very nice space. And it was, like, even when it was more full in the evening, it was, like dim but not bar dim it was still well enough lit for playing games and everything all the tables had lights over them for for seeing all of your stuff it wasn't super loud it was very chill people were all cool it was great they had a game library did i say that already you did so first of all if you are anywhere near milwaukee at any Mm -hmm. point you should hit up 42 ale house yeah Um, that place was great that place was great now so Nor organized like basically the the big party, right? Like kind of got everybody there and everything else. But knowing that like Nor had like so much to do to wrangle, like one to wrangle Gator and keep him from like spontaneously taking off on a trip for right. his birthday and all that. <laughs> and, um, and deal with like connecting with all of the people from all of the parts of his life exactly right and on top of everything else because like she's a nurse and a mom and like so like like no shortage of things to do we offered to kind of help throw together some role-playing games right yep so we threw out a message to a bunch of people and we're just like hey like you know here like here's here's our idea and it was a little hit and miss some people had some ideas for some stuff and a lot of people just like were like oh i'm gonna you know i don't have anything i'm gonna come to play or whatever but we very quickly kind of had to like throw together a game day yeah and that's actually what we're going to talk about a little bit for a few minutes we're going to talk about kind of our really quick way to organize the game day and then we're going to talk a little bit about the games that you ran, the game that I ran, and that'll probably fill up the whole show. Yeah, I think probably it will. So what we ended up doing, firstly, we knew going in because we we didn't really know how many other people might show up who would be willing to run a game. So we knew that Schmitty had a couple up his sleeve. We knew that Mike D might potentially have one that he'd be willing to run. But you and I were like, okay, we, we got a bunch planned, right? Like I, I walked in my list kept getting bigger because all my games were things I didn't have to prep. So like I walked in like, okay, well I can sit down and run Swords Without Master, Passion de la Passione's Protocol. Yes, 
love and justice. I don't even remember what else. One last job. Like I was just like, okay, here's my stack of things that require no thought process. And I just printed all this stuff and I made sure to have it with me. Right. And you had, what it, What all did you have? You had DCC. I did. Um, I, brought a, I brought a DCC funnel. I had uh, Ditch Lilies, the alpha, mm-hmm. the alpha for Ditch Lilies, Turning Point, and Swords Without Master. Yeah. So we knew between the two of us, we had a pretty good range. We could run two tables, right? We, so we, run, were, we knew we could run two tables. Yeah. Right. So minimum, potentially minimum we, we could scoop up five, we could scoop up 10, we could scoop up about 10 people. Yeah. And we knew that there were board games because Schmidty also brought a bag of board games. Yep. And there were other board games there and there was the board game library in the actual Correct. bar, which we didn't know about, but um, was cool. Well, we didn't know what they had, so. We didn't know. Yeah. We didn't, we just knew that there was one. And, yeah. and ultimately, I think Mike Dinos brought, I, I think Mike D brought two, two games worth the two games and then uh some other people had like some dnd 5e stuff as well oh and somebody yeah. brought monster of the week yeah, yeah 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 because everything was kind of getting thrown together and we were communicating on like i think three different social media platforms right yeah, like there, there was, was a face there was a facebook, there was a facebook event thing there was, there was a, a a group in twitter right and then, and there then was a slack. group in slack so it wasn't <laughs> like it wasn't very it wasn't we 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 didn't do a very good job organizing everybody into a single group to talk about like bringing games or how many games we needed. We just kind of relied on the fact that you and I had a bunch of games and we figured in a 12-hour day we could pull off two sessions. Like we get two rounds yeah, of games. We could, we could each do run two sessions which would be about 10 players total for twice two chunks right. of time. Yes. So that's pretty good. Like, I mean, that's like 20 something people if it's just the two of us running. And that was like, felt pretty confident we could, you know. Yeah, we could totally pull that off. Yeah. Right. Cool. So we got there, but then um, we were like, cool, we have all of these different games. And we did kind of think about this in advance, right? Because what we were thinking was both of us can run multiple different games and we should just run kind of whatever people want to play, right? So we approached it in a very similar way to how I've experienced games on demand being run, except that with one key difference, which was just, hey, Eric, which game do you want to play? Obviously, we're running that one. <laughs> um, yeah, we let. So what we did was we let Eric the pick. Yeah, as, as the birth, birthday, as the birthday boy. The birthday axe princess. Yes, as the birthday axe princess. <laughs> we let Eric pick in each round which game he wanted to play and then that one was fixed right we're like this one is getting played who's gonna jump in on that correct right and there weren't enough people that we had to do anything like a numbering system or a numerical system or anything like that we basically just laid out all the games that we could do um and then we had people kind of just put their names what did we lay them out on index cards Yes. Cool. And then we had people, we just gave everybody a little piece of paper that had their name on it. And then they just put their name on the game that they were interested in playing. Yes. And then we just kind of gathered all the names like, okay, so now, like, for example, in the first round, Gator was like, I want to play DCC. So a bunch of other people put their names on DCC with him. And we were like, cool, you have five players, you're done, you're full, you go set up. And then what ended up happening from there is that I just gathered the rest of the group and like we looked at the games that I could run and they were kind of like, we don't really have a preference. What do you want to do? So I ended up just kind of picking and it worked out. But like they could we could have then just voted down into like, you know, what do we want to do? Yeah, but that worked out pretty well. And then we did it again for the second round, right? 
yeah, for the second round, we did the exact same thing. Eric uh, decided what game he wanted to play. And actually, um, I really wanted to play that game as well. So I, I didn't GM the second round, which we'll talk about in a minute. Yeah. Um, and then you ran the second round. And then somebody ran, I think they were running uh, 5e. 5e. Yeah, they were running yeah. 5e um, at the other table. And, and, and what happened with that was, you know, like, once once... Once the game was selected that I was running, we took all the other games that had my name on them off the table, right? Yes. And then you were playing in that game, so I took all the games off the table that had your name on them. Correct. And then we left the cards that were not that. Yeah. So so what do you think, in case this ever comes up again, because like we liked we, we enjoyed this trip so much that we were kind of talking Nora and Gator into doing it again next year. Right. Um Flights to think? Milwaukee are cheap, y'all. Yeah, <laughs> hotels in Milwaukee are cheap, y'all. Like, right? <laughs> um, Milwaukee was inexpensive. Inexpensive, yeah. I was like, and apparently you can get all the cheese that you want. Oh my God, let's not talk about cheese. They'll have to wait for the outtakes for that <laughs> there part. There you go. Um, so, what do you think? What do you think worked well? I think the part that worked well is since we put it on index cards, it was really easy to do things like once everybody had chosen DCC to just take all the cards off that had your name on them, right? To remove all of those from the running, right? To just be like, awesome. So these games are gone and now we're picking from these games, like the remaining pile. And that is definitely uh, also my take from Games on Demand, right? So like when you do Games on Demand, you know, like you put your games out and then the first person who put picks a game, that's the game you're running. And then every, like you, like your other ones don't count anymore, right? Like, yeah, they're no longer an option. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. So I, I actually thought that little improvised system um, for the size of people that were there worked just fine. Yeah. Right? Like it was low tech. It was easy to implement. We implemented it while we were there. Right. We sat down, ate lunch, and went, okay, so how should we do this? <laughs> right. So I, I actually think that went really well. Um, yeah. And I, I dug that, right? So I thought that was um, an easy way to do that. And, of course, letting Eric pick, you know, letting Eric pick first to to pick the, you know, the game that he wanted to play. Because, of course, you know, again, this whole thing was um, Eric's birthday. So we wanted to make sure that he got the gaming experiences that he wanted. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I thought that went. I thought that went really well. Do you have anything else that you thought went really well? I mean, I thought the space was really good. The space was great, and they really worked with us in terms of adjusting it down a little bit from bar space because it was secondary bar space, and it had music and it had TVs and stuff. And we ended up with the music off and the TVs, TVs off, off yeah. <laughs> like because we're like, this is really distracting. We're playing role playing games. Can we just get rid of it all? Yeah, um, and they did. And yeah, they did. and they, they did, and they it. they were great. They really were fantastic, and the space was very good, especially for the number of people that we had. It was perfect, and there was like one comfy couch chair and some other high tables and like a bar for putting like shared food stuff on, and yeah. And we had two tables playing role playing games. There were like another table or two playing board games, and then there yeah. was still like room for people to mill about. Like it to wasn't chill. Yeah, yeah. It was a it was a it was a really excellent space. Yeah, I agree. Cool. What do you think we could have done better? Knowing what we know now. Um, I think if we had dealt with initial communication better, we might have been able to get more people on board with GMing up front. Yeah. Like if we had communicated better in the event group itself on Facebook, we might have been able to catch some people who are more of the people who are outside of the misdirected mark community. So like I think, I, I guess the actual day worked out fine. I think we could maybe potentially do better getting people on board in advance yeah, I think so. Communicating part. <laughs> plus, plus, we did it kind of a little bit last minute, and some people who I think 
if they had known months in advance that they were, you know, potentially going to run something might have like, you know, might have also had some things prepped and things like that. But like we came up really quick and some people were like, uh, to- I can totally make it. But like, I have no time right now to throw something together. And that right, was legit, exactly. right? Like yeah. it was, it was short notice. And you and I pulled from our, you know, from our normal convention bucket of games, like things where we're like, we are totally already prepared to run all of these. Right. Um, and I mean, I even dug back into things I haven't run for a while because I got bored. Right. Um, but also like there's still things that I don't have to think about that hard to run. Exactly. Yeah. Things we have, a lot of things we have kitted, right? Like. Right. I have a whole kit for turning like, point and yeah, swords. I got my, and I broke out my swords cheat sheet that I made. I broke out my one last job cheat sheets. Right. Like, eh, it's so fine. I think, I think with a little more... One, I think if we had driven more people onto the Facebook platform, we could have done a better job of organizing it from there. Yeah. But we, like, we, needed, we needed a central organization location. Yeah, Which we didn't we didn't really accomplish. And I think the other part that I realized once we were there, which was fine, was that like there were definitely people there who did not want to role play like they wanted to play board games. Yeah, which was also absolutely fine and worked out great because yes. we couldn't have run enough role playing games for all of the people there. Yeah. So even identifying that earlier, like, OK, hey, if you're into role playing games, like raise you know, your hand. Yeah. yeah, like raise your hand or whatever. We'll put you in this like little bucket or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, but 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 all in all, it all went off really well. If we wind up doing it again or do something like this in the future, those are probably just a few things like a little earlier communication and really a little more wrangling to kind of yeah. find out who's got what, who's comfortable running, and kind of figuring out like you know how many people do we really like you know if we know that we have really working with here yeah like if we know that we are if we've got like 20 something role players then like we really only need two tables worth of gms no that if there were 20 role players oh we need like like four tables worth four tables of gms right yeah okay (laughs) anyway cool all right so um we're getting close we're you know before we wrap up the episode because i think that was actually really good and i think if you're running a um like a makeshift game day yeah it's a good model to use right i thought it was really easy but i also wanted to just talk a little bit about the games you ran was there any cool gming things or playing things that you kind of pulled from any of those uh and then i'll also i'll we'll we'll end off with me talking about what i ran Cool. So I ran two games, um, although one of them I really just facilitated. The first one that I did was Protocol, which is GMless. So like I said, I facilitated, which was basically managing rules, managing, interpreting the cards so that we knew the direction that we were going in, because the way that Protocol works is the card that you turn over dictates, um, you turn over two, two cards per scene. The first one dictates kind of a it's the type of scene and like the mood of the scene like the direction that you're pushing in the second card dictates an adjective and a location right so i was i was doing that interpretation stuff which is basically just facilitating because other than that um the role functions exactly like being a player but that i i'm just gonna say like I don't know if I have any specific takeaways, but every time I've sat down and played a game of Protocol, it's always been awesome. And it's one of those games that once you have a feel for how it starts and how it goes, it's very easy to just do with literally no prep. Like, I think I had read through the scenario that I ended up running in about 10 minutes on the plane on the way there, just so that I kind of had a feel for what genre it was and how it might play. 
and that's really all I needed. And you know that 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 game kind of really does run itself, and it is a a great system to just have a couple of scenarios in your back pocket. It's another one of those good like, oh, somebody didn't come. Let's just play something. It's a one shot. You don't have to think about it. And it's cool. (laughs) That's my feeling about protocol. So I guess that my takeaway from that was, hey, I still really like games that require extremely little prep and that you can play at the table with, you know, whoever shows up and and create intense moments. And uh, protocol is that. Right. So, so maybe, um, maybe one of the things you might want to say here is that it, it, it's a good, uh, it's a good game for your con bag. It's a fantastic game for your con bag. It's a fantastic game for your con bag. It's fantastic for game days. It's fantastic for the night that someone doesn't show up. Okay. Cool. Duly noted. All of those things. And you can I'm, get it on drive through, right? You can get, you can get it on drive through, and they're like sets. There are like books of protocol that have sets of scenarios in them, or you can buy individual ones for like three or four bucks each. So like I just had on my iPad, like I had like four different ones. I had like Splinter City is a superhero city one. I had a like a murder mystery dinner one. I had a um, the one we ended up playing was like an aging rock band reunion tour. Um, Mm -hmm. And the last one is like a noir like detective sort of thing and we just picked one and we went with it right <laughs> like <laughs> yep so that's that's protocol i'm a fan i've played a, a bunch of them and i really like it uh and if you want to hear it being played you can catch it on she's a super geek we actually played a halloween one that was the scarecrow which is pretty cool anyway i do really enjoy that game it hits all the buttons for me in terms of intensity and low prep and all of that stuff so <laughs> it's a good one the second game that I ran was Passion de la Passiones, oh. which is so good. I got um, to play which, in this. So yes, that was very awesome. So Passion de la Passiones is uh, is from Brandon Leungambetta. It is out right now as an ash can from Magpie. I cannot wait to get my hands on the whole thing because it is so good, so good, so good. <laughs> It's so good. So it's a Powered by the Apocalypse telenovela game, um, which means that it is high drama and high intrigue and high passion and all of those things. And, And it has fantastic mechanics for things like bursting into a room and pointing your finger at someone and saying, you're lying. And then instead of, you know, rolling to lie, you actually just roll to see if you're right. If that they're lying, you know, because mm-hmm. everybody's lying all the time or uh, wonderful flashback mechanics about making deals with people or like preparing stuff in advance, um, all kinds of things. It's it's great. I really I really like that game. Anyway, so that's also one that's very low prep for me. I haven't run it in a while. I've only actually run it a couple of times before. But it is powered by the apocalypse, so it doesn't take a lot of brain power. It just takes like a little bit of thinking about the genre and what is an appropriate starting point for that genre. And then my experience with it has always been to basically create a high tension situation and then give the players a little bit of a push and just watch them spin, which is great. And that definitely is what happened with this particular run through also. I've never had murder happen before in a game of Passion de la Passiones. That's because you have never played it with me. <laughs> yes, that is actually true. It got I... a little darker, but it was amazing. I mean, you say darker, but I mean, 
I picture that pretty telenovela. Like. It was very telenovela. It was a. I it was shot a the season, lawyer. It was a season finale. The he lawyer was, was a. The was lawyer about was about to, to foil. Yes. <laughs> he was about to spill all the stuff you'd bribed him about. Yes, that was not going to happen, and I was not going to let my husband lose his fortune. Yes, Ladonia. <laughs> I know. I took a I took a turn you did not expect, and uh, I wound up playing Ladanya, the the, the matriarch. Um, the matriarch. I was a dark and I was a dark and vicious matriarch. Yeah, you were. <laughs> There's a couple of ways that playbook can go. That's one of them. Yes, was, one of them I think is like you can guilt your children, but I yes. was like, I am like I am taking care of my husband's business, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. So. Yep. Well, and that, and and so the thing is with that playbook, not to diverge too far, so that you don't have to edit forever. But the thing about that playbook is that one of the ways you get your plus one bonus is that you have to like the question you you have is, are you doing this in service of someone else, right? Yeah. So the best thing Ladanya can do is basically hook that character to someone. And then always do everything for them. Right. So like my plan was early on within the first scene or so was like, I am doing this for my husband. Right. Yep. And that let me like pick up a plus one almost consistently through the game. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> um, but that was a lot of that was a lot of fun because that was um, Eric played in that game because that was the game Eric picked. Yep. Schmitty, myself. Uh, Schmitty was Eric's twin. Right. Like that was oh, hilarious. That was great. <laughs> Brandt. We had El Jefe. Brant was El Jefe. Oh, Brant El Jefe. Oh, he was so good, right? Like he totally, <laughs> he totally had the. He had all the tropes down as well. Like he knew exactly what he was doing. Yep, that was very good. He was and a great we, El Jefe to my Ladanya. To your Ladanya, and then there was poor little uh, Lempliada. Yes, employee. So innocent and sweet and in over Ravaged her head. by like the whole family. Oh my God. <laughs> There's some kind of, you know, if you really rewind it and like look back to like, you're like, ooh. Yikes. Like, yikes. Both daughters and the father. <laughs> They're yeah, all oh after boy. her. Anyway, that was. It was a thing. That was, it was, it was wonderful. I really enjoyed running it and I really It was enjoyed... a lot of fun. There were a lot of laughs. And I, yeah. the end, the end scene at the reading of the will oh was my God. like. <laughs> just stakes piled upon stakes. Right. We took a break right before it. Like I set it up that it was like, this is going to be the next thing. And then, oh, I guess I took a break before the 7 a.m. where there was a, a period where everyone had shifted to like someone else had to take their 7 a.m. meetings the next morning. And like everybody just pushed it around because I made you do a 7 a.m. meeting. You were like, there was something else I was supposed to do at 7 a.m. So you gave it to someone else and there was something else she was supposed to be doing at 7 a.m. So she gave it to her twin. Like, oh, my gosh. Uh, it, it was pretty funny. Oh, it was amazing. Yeah, uh, that was delightful. That was very easy to run. I just basically stood there and gave it a push, which is how I really like to run games. I don't know if I have a takeaway again other than like. I really enjoyed that style of play, especially for convention games and one shots, because I don't like having to invest a ton of personal energy in making the game go. I like everybody kind of investing equally in the game and me as the GM being able to also invest equally in the game. But I don't I don't like it when I have to single handedly make the game happen, if that makes sense. Yeah, as in being solely responsible for driving the game. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah. You actually thrive in games where you can kind of like pour a whole bunch of lighter fluid yes. uh, onto something and then like <laughs> toss a match. Right? Like Yep. That's what I do. That's what I did. That this game is really good at that because it makes you answer a bunch of questions that um that make that happen but anyway i should stop waxing poetic about passion de la passiones it's amazing um keep your eye out for it and right. we should hear about yours really quickly because after all that talk about this being a short episode it's not right spoilers um, so i did the i did the opposite of you right i ran a game that required me to actually do a bunch of driving yeah so i ran dcc so dungeon crawl classics and specifically, I ran an adventure from Purple Sorcerer Games called Neblin Penbrook's Perilous Pantry, which is about this little halfling who was digging a pantry in his house and busted through into a tunnel into a dungeon. Oops. And hijinks occur. <laughs> um, Neblin goes missing and the townsfolk, because again, this is a zero level funnel, the townsfolk go looking for, for Neblin. So this was fun. I got to run this for Eric's college D&D group. Right. Um, so Eric awesome. and his three and his three friends who have played D&D since like Eric was 19, but but had never actually all played in a game together because one of them has always been the GM. Right. So I was actually quite honored to get to run something for them. And they were plenty familiar with D20, which is at the core of DCC. So I didn't have to do a lot of rules explanation, but I did wind up having to teach a little DCC because DCC is kind of a different implementation of D20. But like, I also did the thing where I was trying to be a good ambassador for the game because pretty early into it, they were kind of digging, you know, like they dug the concept like, oh, we're going to play like these zero level characters. We get four characters and we're going to get killed and stuff. Right. So but then I was like explaining to them, like, so if you were playing this as a campaign, like the reason you do a funnel is because you wind up becoming more emotionally invested in these like little zero level characters rather than if you just rolled it up from scratch. And like along the way, I kind of explained how some of the other mechanics worked and just kind of generally sold the game. And I think they really liked it. Like, I think they had a lot of fun with it. It was it was a lot of fun because it was at that table besides Eric and his uh, D&D friends was P.K. Sullivan. Yeah. And P.K. being a very smart player, picked up that Eric had a dwarf character and immediately was his dwarf character was Eric's brother. So there was like some good role-playing stuff between the two brothers because Eric's character had a personality of three, like three out of 18. Um, <laughs> Ouch. So he was like insufferable. And at the end when PK's dwarf died and was like in the immortal halls of, you know, the dwarven, you know, afterlife, the rest of the dwarven afterlife was rooting that Eric's character would live just so that he wouldn't come to the hall for eternity. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it was good. We had a lot of fun. I did actually only, I only ran two thirds of the adventure. The adventure actually goes on for a bit, but there's like, and I did this when I was prepping the game. Like I was reading through it and I prepped the entire adventure, but I also knew like if I needed to cut this thing short, like for a three hour session, yeah, this is the spot where you cut it. And to the game's credit, there's a page in the back of the game that's like, hey, if you're running short on time, here's some suggestions on how to cut the adventure down. So I used a little of that as well. 
But I also ended it early. Like there was like a second set of reveals. Like you find Neblin, right? Like that's the, I don't want to spoil the adventure, but you find Neblin two thirds into the adventure. And then there's some other shit. And I just dropped the other shit. Finding Neblin was like good enough for these guys. Yeah. Um, And it worked out well timing wise. One of the things I think we neglected to mention earlier is we also had that moment because it wasn't super planned out where like we just both leaned over and you're like, hey, like a bunch of new people just got here. Like how much longer is your game? So yeah. that we we just like basically had an eye contact moment of like how how much longer do we want to play this before we wrap up so that different people can jump into different situations, right? Yep, and then we just kind of did that, right? Like we yeah. then um, and we just kind of tied off both games, but I like it was definitely satisfying. Like it was like I was able to I was I was able to actually close the story, and it was good, right? Like they yeah. figured out the they figured out what happened to Neblin, and uh, and then dealt with it. And um, I, your game, you know, had its uh, epilogue of many, many deaths. And, so um, many. And, I mean, and it was good. It's not my fault that my Schmitty and I's shared girlfriend in our poly triad it turned out to be a serial killer. <laughs> it happens. Um, uh, the, the last takeaway I'll take from the DCC thing is that um, knowing that was a game that people don't really play, I made sure I had everything for it, right? So I had DCC dice. I had made, um, to speed things up, I had pre-generated zero-level characters, like I had a whole stack of them, so people could just like randomly grab four characters, and then I had like extra ones in case we needed them, and I kind of like just took care of all of that stuff. I had my... I had my purple sorcerer app on my phone and I had my, my little printed book of tables. And so like, I was like, I handled everything. Plus I had prepped the adventure. It's a published adventure. So I actually went through it and highlighted it in good reader. Cause I like to do that. Like with my DCC adventures, I highlighted all the relevant sections so that um, I was fully prepared and like e- easily at a glance could find things in the text and things like that. Cool. Yeah, we should wrap up this show. And we should do that by you telling me about the Gnomecast. Yeah, on the Gnomecast, several gnomes from Gnomes 2 get together to talk about gaming topics and themselves in an effort to entertain you and avoid being thrown in the stew. Awesome. Say, Senda, we're going to do this very quickly. Where can people reach us on the internet? You can find us on Twitter at Pandas Talk Games. You can find us in the Misdirected Mark forums at forums.misdirectedmark.com, or you can drop us an email, panda at misdirectedmark.com. And Phil, once they find us in one of those places or write down that email, what can they do with that information? Please, please, please send us your topics. We love to do the show talking about the things that you want to know about. And the only way that we can do that is if you tell us what you want if you tell us what you want what you you really 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 want want. yes Um, (laughs) if you do that then we can make more shows so please take all the places that senda just mentioned and uh shout out to us and uh, you you ask it we'll make a show out of it yep if you like what we do here elsewhere on the misdirected mark network please consider uh supporting our patreon campaign Patreon campaign is really what makes all of this possible uh, from the equipment to the hosting to all just everything that we need to uh, keep making a network of podcasts. So please uh, support the Patreon campaign. It helps out greatly. You can do that by going to patreon.com slash MMP. Patrons get access to the Slack Room for Life, the bonus outtakes from this show, the after show from Mr. Mark, and all hosts of other good things. Uh, We also like to shout out to our patrons. Normally, we select a few patrons to shout out to, but since we're in a rush tonight, we send all of our love to all of our patrons. You're all Um, amazing. Thank you. 
You are all amazing. Thank you very much for helping make this happen. Senda, there's a thing you can do um, if you're already supporting the, the Patreon. Yay. And if you're unable to support the Patreon, which is totally fine as well, uh, we understand. But there's another thing you can do. And it's part of our new marketing strategy, which is basically predicated on the fact that if you listen to the show, oh you will love us. Here we go. Again. Um, and then you'll just listen to more shows. Yep. So really the key is how do we get more people to listen to the show? And what's the thing that people can do to help make that happen? Well, you can leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice. If you leave us a review that's somewhere that not the U.S. Apple Podcast Store I would love it if you let us know via one of the methods that we talked about for reaching us earlier because we can't possibly keep track of everything and we really, 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 really love reading reviews. And like I was wandering through podcast sites like last week or the week before and I found a couple that we hadn't seen yet and I was super excited about them even though they were like several months old. So anyway, um, every new review we you leave us wherever you leave it really does actually help new people find the show because people taking the time to review things is proof that people really like them. So thank you very, very much to everyone who already has. We super duper appreciate it. And it makes us super happy. Yeah. It does indeed. Really happy. Anyway, say, Phil, show me how we are going to organize things for the next GatorCon. GatorCon 2021. 2021. <laughs> well, we're going to start a bit earlier, and it doesn't have to be a surprise party. Yeah, that, that should make it a lot easier. That'll make it a lot easier. <laughs> Don't have to keep it under wraps. This show is a joint production of She's a Super Geek and Misdirected Mark Productions, the media arm of Encoded Designs. Okay. Oh, like Pop Goes the Weasel. Pop goes the wanton of the wanton of the weasel. I see an empty pocket that needs a refill. Wow, you and I went very different directions with that. <laughs> are, are you familiar with uh, Are you familiar with that song? No. Oh no, that's, that's why I was singing the children's nursery rhyme. Oh, I was not. I was not singing <laughs> the nursery rhyme. No, you were not. <laughs> I was singing third base. Pop goes the weasel. Yeah, from 1991. There was, there's, there's a. I'm pretty sure I remember. I'm pretty sure I remember the the kids' version of Pop Goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and it's coming back to me. All around the mulberry bush, the monkey chased the weasel. Yes. Was it a monkey? I'm not sure. Something, something chased the weasel. The monkey? Question mark. Thought it was all in fun. Pop goes the weasel. That's uh, that's not bad. <laughs> Is it a monkey? I need to know now. So <laughs> this is all interesting and such. Okay. But, anyway, outtakes. But what I want to talk about is the c word. <laughs> no, I don't think I've recovered enough to talk about the c word. Did you eat too much of it? So much of it. It hurt. You know what that's going to sound like later when you. Uh... I know. <laughs> I knew it as you did it, but you're you're. Terrible, terrible person. I ate too much of it, too. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> what are we talking about? It was about? just so creamy inside. <laughs> oh my god, it was hot. It was very hot and creamy, right? This, it's, it's, here's where it falls apart because the next adjective is and stretchy. <laughs> like, mm, I mean, kind of. <laughs> what are we talking about? As people are as people oh are about god. to crash their cars. Cheese curds. Cheese in fried, general, right? <laughs> fried cheese curds were specifically the issue at hand, but like, I still couldn't even look a block of cheese in the face right now. Bloop. So, we were in Wisconsin. Yeah, we're going to talk about that in the actual show. Yeah, but that's happening later. People are going to. No, it's not. Oh, because people will have already it's heard it. first. You forget. Right. I edit this. <laughs> right. Nonlinear podcasting. Check. Yes. Okay. Check. Now, so, this is the part where we just jump straight in, and then later is the part where we introduce this part where we jump straight in. And then it will all in. make sense. Yes. So, cheese curd. So, I'm from oh my Buffalo, God. right? Cheese. So, see, I'm from Buffalo, and, and I I am from a city that is, like, known for a pretty iconic, um, like, bad food, right? Like, buffalo yeah. chicken wings, as the rest of you uh, refer to them, or as we just call them, wings. Yeah. Um, is a pretty bad, like calorically not good. You, fr- you fry them. You 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 take chicken wings, you fry them, and then you toss them in a hot sauce, hot hot sauce and butter and butter, yeah, right. mix. Um, with some vinegar mix, right, and mixed in yeah. there. Um, and and generally, like you know, pretty unhealthy food. And mm-hmm. I thought for quite some time. That we had the market cornered on unhealthy foods. <laughs> oh, no. But lo and behold. You hadn't been to Wisconsin. <laughs> lo and behold, Wisconsin is like, here, hold my cheese. Right? <laughs> and, and, and we were introduced to fried cheese curds. Yeah. Which, in the beginning... In the beginning, were fun and delightful and, and delicious. delicious, right? Like, like these <laughs> cheese curds are delightful. Um, yeah. And then the second night, we accidentally got some that were too big. That place. They were too big. That place was showing off. Like there, there was it was a fistful okay. of melted cheese so we, wrapped gently in a tiny bit of breading, <laughs> and we, then fried in grease. Bloop. We ate. A lot of cheese. Then we went to GatorCon. Yeah. Where they also served. They just kept bringing out set in sets of two. So for two like. Two more baskets of cheese curds. Two more baskets of cheese curds. For 12 hours. Two more baskets We grazed of cheese on curds. cheese curds. <laughs> fried. Fried cheese curds. Right. And then as a little break in between the fried cheese curds, right? Among the other things that I ate that, that weekend, which was also questionably, um, questionably healthy for me. Yeah. Um, also, P.K. Sullivan, um, yeah. author of Three Rocketeers and um, f- and um, Fate of Cthulhu, and um, uh, Fate uh, Condensed. Fate Condensed, yeah. Yeah, so P.K. Sullivan, right? That, yeah. um, P.K. Sullivan brought smoked cheeses. He smoked them himself. Right, and brought more cheese they to were Wisconsin. They were so good. Right, like so, he actually so we brought broke cheese into Wisconsin. Wisconsin from Illinois. <laughs> right? I don't even know if that's legal, right? Like I don't know if you're allowed to actually <laughs> to import transport cheese, cheese over across state lines. The state line. Yeah, I, I don't to, know if that's legal or not. Um, but he did it, and I ate that too. Bloop. 
I, 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 I made a joke to um, Gator's wife, who's a nurse, and I was like, I feel like I'm not going to be allowed to leave the state without getting a stent put in. Like, <laughs> open up my cheese artery, right? Like, I might have... Please. Might have just killed all that. Oh, my God. So, I, I have Oof. to say, I have to say that I definitely overdid it on the cheese curds, because I started the weekend, like, yay, cheese curds, and I ended um, Gator's party with, like, take those things away from me. I can't even look at them. Well, I mean, the last the last round that came out, I was like, woohoo, more cheese curds. How tasty. And I took one and I dipped it in the aioli and I took one bite of it and then I put it down on the plate and I was like, I can't finish this. <laughs> like, I, I, just, I, I know. The last round that came out, I ate like one or two no, more and I was like, no more. I, I totally did not need to. I'm going to need like a year um, to, <laughs> to basically wash that memory out um, before I could return to it. And then I'm going to renegotiate on my terms, right? Like maybe yeah. I just have cheese curds at, at the event and not right. like... No other time. Bloops. We're not talking about the C word. No right? more C word. We should go do the show because it's like 12 minutes and that was some pretty yes. funny stuff. The Pop Goes the Weasel stuff was marginally funny, but the <laughs> cheese curds, that's where the money's at. <laughs> oh, Bloop. I have a story to tell you about the fact that I'm wearing my hood up tonight, but we'll see if we still have time left when we're... I, I, in solidarity, I put mine up. I know I can see that. Mm -hmm. I was cold, but I figured the the wall was making your hairs cold. I mean, it probably would, but I saw you with your hood up, and then I was like, I will make you not feel self-conscious. I will put mine up as well. <laughs> okay. Anyway. So now we just like like two Sith Lords. <laughs> yes. 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 Darth, Darth Vecchion. Bloop. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> Meow. Meow. Q music. Cheese, cheese. Cheesy, 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 cheese, 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 cheese. I ate too much cheese when I was in Wisconsin. And welcome to Pandas Talking Games. I'm one of your hosts with an 80% blockage in my coronary <laughs> artery, Phil. And I am your other host, Senda. What am I supposed to do with that? What's the opposite of that? Um, I don't, I, well, I, mean, I think you just also had an 80% blockage. <laughs> anyway, we can do a clean one. You ready? Yes. <laughs> I well I I mean I guess the first one I facilitated. What so. was that noise? <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was my wishy-washy wolf sound. <laughs> wishy-washy wolf. I didn't know it sounded like a wolf until you commented on it. <laughs> it's like a children's book, the wishy-washy wolf. <laughs> I thought you wanted to finish this quickly. <laughs> I did until the wishy-washy wolf came out. <laughs> now I don't know if I want to end it early, or maybe I do. <laughs> Who knows? You're I guess I'm just being all wishy-washy. <laughs> okay, I don't remember what I was saying. <laughs> Bloop. Show me what you got. Show, Show me what, what you got. got. 
We got to get out of here. Yep, we're ending now. Okay. Ready? Say goodbye. Bye. Bye. Stop. Stop.